Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. Yesterday, Democratic incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock and GOP challenger Herschel Walker made their final push to get supporters back to the polls for today's extended runoff election. And though the vote won't determine the control of the Senate, which the Democrats hold, this is a continued focus on the importance of Georgia's Senate race and what it means for America. So let's get down to business. The business of being black today is what the Georgia runoff means to America. Please welcome the president of Knowledge and Decisions Economic Consulting, Michael Austin. Hi, Michael. Hello. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Democratic strategist Isaac Wilson is here. Hi, Isaac. Hello. Thanks for having me. The director of diversity for the Indiana Republican Party, Whitley Yates. Hi, Whitley. Hello. It's nice to be here and assistant professor at the University of Central Florida, Dr. Larry Walker. Hi, good doctor. Hey, Tammy, how are you? Just great. We love to start the show off with asking why black people should care. So Dr. Walker, you kick things off. Why should black people care about this Georgia Senate runoff? Well, the implications are huge, Tammy. So if, you know, Herschel Walker wins, we essentially have a 50-50 split in the Senate, and that will impact in terms of who's serving on the committee, um, Senate, very Senate Judiciary Committee, et cetera. So essentially, you have the same number of Democrats and Republicans serving on committees. If it's a 51-49 split that works in the Democrats' advantage, then the Democrats will control uh, many of those committees, also allow President Biden to um, also nominate more black federal judges. Michael, why should black people care? Well, black people should care because everyone has cared. I mean, every single American in this country has seen the price of essentials go up. We've seen the price of gasoline go up. And it's all, of course, happening under the leadership of, unfortunately, a, a, a progressive president. So I think if black Americans want to see a change, they want to see their life get a little bit easier to live, then perhaps they should go to the ballot box and make a decision that they uh, that's an opposite of what they did four years ago, and that's supporting her. Walker. Whitley, I want to go to you now. Why should Black people care about this Georgia runoff election? I think Black people should care because representation matters. This is actually a historic event for Georgia. They've never had a Black Republican and a Black Democrat leading the major parties running against each other. So whether or not you like either candidate, the truth is this is history in the making. And so as we are on the precipice of this palpable moment in history, making sure that we continue uh, the same momentum going into the presidential election is important. Good point. Good point. Isaac. Why? Why should I care? I'm black. I live in California. Why should I care about this Georgia runoff election? Because a simple majority. A simple majority gets us things like abortion laws overturned. Uh, we can codify uh, abortion, codify uh, other things that mean so much uh, to our communities. Uh, and because the democracy is on the line, uh, there still talks <laughs> still about overthrowing the government. Uh, you had Donald Trump, who's one of your biggest Republican people, come out and say, hey, let's get rid of the Constitution. So things like that are on the ballot here uh, when we talk about Lincoln, uh, Senator Warnock back to uh, leadership in the Senate. Okay. So if Warnock can win the Georgia runoff, it will give Democrats a better chance of maintaining their majority in two years, which uh, you've mentioned on, on this panel. Uh, Raphael Warnock holds a narrow edge over Herschel Walker in the runoff. What are the chances that Warnock could actually win, Whitley? I think that whew, it's a toss-up right now um, if Warnock can win. It really just depends on who's done the work, connecting with those voters in Georgia and driving them to the polls. We can't always look at social media as a determinant factor of who's going to actually show up and get souls to the polls. I do believe him having a slight edge is going to be beneficial, especially when you add in the early voting totals. However, the fact that it is this close and that there is a contended race is very important. And so if Herschel was able to move and create a level of momentum around him, then he could definitely win. Uh, Dr. Walker. Well, listen, uh, Tammy, I think that based on what we're saying in terms of people early voting, that it looks like Warnock will probably win by two to four percent. And so what we've seen from you. Can we actually voting, say that, though, if the margin well, is two to four percent, Dr. Walker? 
Yeah, so that's a, I mean, obviously that's a that's a guesstimate, right? But what I'm going on is based on what we're seeing from early voting. I think the other metric that's really important is when you have a general election and a runoff, there's usually a drop in a percentage of individuals that vote. You're seeing it so far from early voting, you see a dramatic drop in the number of, of GOP voters compared to Democratic voters. So I think they're about a third less. They're looking at like 20, 30 percent in terms of the drop of, Demo of Republican voters that voted in the, in the um, general election compared to the runoff. And then you're seeing a much smaller drop off in terms of Democratic voters, particularly within the black community in Georgia. There's a shorter drop off. So those numbers kind of tend to speak to a Warnock win, which you hear many, many pundits on both sides say that we're likely to see. Whitley, you're disagreeing. I disagree because the truth is a lot of Republicans don't early vote, and that's the truth. And Democrats usually rely on early voting um, as a temperature, as a gauge, or as this last-minute push to get those ballots in the box. But to see that drop-off in early voting does not denote a win for Warnock. I think you should be careful. It's a slippery slope. Michael? Uh, I, I think that's exactly right. You know, uh, time has kind of shown that Republicans usually, of course, you know, treasure that election day voting. And of course, Democrats have moved the opposite. Now, of course, across the country, there have been trends where more Republicans are trying to get more of that early vote in. But until every ballot uh, is counted, we can't say for certain what's going to turn out. Right. Isaac, uh, former President Donald Trump has alluded to if he runs, he wants there he wants it to be in person only voting. Uh, it, it's another way for Republicans <laughs> to stop us from going to the polls. Uh, black folk in particular love to get voting out of the way. Let's go in and get it early. We don't want to sit in the rain. We don't want to stand in long lines because we know us. Uh, and Democrats in particular don't want to stand in long lines. But black communities make up a large portion of the Democratic Party. And so him stopping us from uh, early voting is just another tactic uh, to get us to not vote. Um, and it's another tactic that Republicans are saying, hey, we're going to be in control of how you vote because they know they can't beat us on merit and beat us on the issues. Michael, how do you feel about that? Well, I feel like whatever Donald Trump does is what whatever Donald Trump does it has no effect on what I'm going to do on my day to day basis. You know, when you consider when you talk about black, well, when we talk about this model, specifically, though, Michael, it does have something to do with what you're going to do on your day to day basis, specifically your voting day. He wants to move voting into in person only. How do you feel about that? Isaac says it's not a good idea. Do you think it's as an as an economist? What I say is that you know you decide what you decide to weigh those cons and those benefits. And I don't necessarily see the problem with waiting in the rain because, let's be honest, voting is supposed to be a public service. It's supposed to be what we're supposed to do. And to be honest, I like seeing long lines. I like seeing uh, waiting in the rain, waiting in the cold, or waiting in the heat, depending on that time of the year, because it's supposed to be a constitutional duty that we're supposed to partake as Americans. Yeah, it makes it easier, but does guess what? Ultimately, if we decide voting is important, we'll get it done regardless of who says so. The, 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 but Jamie. if it's a constitutional duty, why would you take away one avenue for people to vote? The other thing is you have people around the country, particularly in Georgia, that are making laws where you can't even give people water for standing in line. They're making it illegal. So every tactic that the Republican Party can use to stop us from voting is, is just wrong, and it stops us from using the Constitution, how the Constitution was made for us to uh, be able to vote. Dr. If, your vote, if your vote is predicated on drinking a bottle of water, then I think you should reassess whether you really should be voting or not. Let's be honest here. If it's your constitutional duty to vote, it should have the utmost importance. All across the country, you get roughly two hours to get that voting done during the day. And of course, that's, uh, that's outside of any conversation you might have with your employer. It can get done. And just because some politician wants to do it one way or another doesn't affect what you decide is most important to you. If voting is important, you'll get it done. Dr. Walker. I, I'm, I'm sure my colleague is not suggesting having Americans uh, vote, who want to vote sit in lines where it's cold or raining is a good idea. It's consistent with a democracy and what the founders of this country had in mind. It's not. But what is a consistent is efforts to make sure that black folks, particularly in states like Georgia, that are going from red to blue, are more likely to, to, to have an impact on the election. Like I said, it makes it doesn't make any sense to have people wait. That's why early voting is, is important. The other thing, Tammy, I want to add is the Republican Party has switched in terms of what they think is interest, what is, is important as it relates to the voting. If they got rid of ballot boxes, they made it more difficult in states like Georgia, like my colleague said, if you you know wanted to drink a water, et cetera, that you can't even give someone a bottle of water. These are all tactics that are part of a decades-long tradition in making sure that black folks don't vote. 
Well, I just want to make sure we're not setting a precedent here where Black folks are so fragile that they need all these extra amenities, right, just to be able to vote, but we're not going to give those same luxuries to, let's say, uh, white folks or, or, or Latinos or, or anything of the sort. If you have people who are willing to wait in line for a Taylor Swift concert uh, in the rain or whatever have you, then hopefully by voting, it shouldn't be too much of a consequence. But that's what happens when we want to assume that just because of the color of one's skin, we have a certain predilection uh, to do uh, certain things over the others when voting is completely within our purview. Whitley? Sandy, can Okay. President does not decide how elections are run, and we all know this. So the truth is, it doesn't matter what President Trump says that he wants to do, because elections are run on a state level through the Secretary of State's office. And this is for a reason. And the truth is that the Democrats pushed a bill to federalize elections so that if President Trump were to get into office and the For the People Act were to have passed, then he would actually be able to do this. But luckily, it was killed. So the truth is, elections happen on a local and state level. It's the Secretary of state's office that administers and makes those decisions along, along with the local school, I mean, the local election boards. What so, uh, Dr. Walker, get in here real quick. Giving out water. Yeah, my, uh, not that you can't uh, water Whitley, in you Whitley's can't off about, water about the election bill. Officials, not from other people representing parties. So stop with the tropes about you can't get water in line. Poll workers can give water. It's, uh, it's people electioneering that cannot. That's the truth. Really, uh, listen, really quickly, my colleague is off base. And listen, so in terms of federal elections, what were they doing and making sure that they were protecting uh, both the right to vote under the Voting Rights Act of 1965? It also made it, it also, it didn't, when you talk about federalizing it, the Voting Rights Act are various provisions in place to make sure they protect black people and other minoritized populations. And particularly states in the Deep South. Hold don't that thought, black hold that thought. Voting. We'll go to the Deep South next on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. And today, the business of being black is the Georgia Senate runoff. What does it mean to America? Dr. Walker, before we left, you were making a point. I want you to continue with that. Yeah, this you have to be careful with some of this terminology we use, like federalize the elections. Well, I mean, there are federal election laws that states obviously pass their own laws, but there are certain guidelines in place. I highlighted the 1965 Voting Rights Act. The reason why the John Lewis bill and, and, and the other election bill they had um, that, didn't, that didn't pass the Senate is important is because it protected black folks in terms of having to deal with various issues, some of the issues we described today. Also want to highlight is that in 2013, uh, Shelby County versus Holder, that 2013 um, uh, Supreme Court decision gutted the Voting Rights Act of 1965. The last point I want to leave, and I think it's important when we come to voting rights, I keep mentioning the Voting Rights Act of 1965 because that essentially ended Jim Crow in the United States. So when we talk about voting rights and federalizing it, it's important to remember that that 1965 bill ended Jim Crow in the United States. So does having two black candidates, Whitley mentioned the, the historical importance of this runoff election. Does uh, having two black candidates running for Georgia impact the power of the black vote? Michael? Uh, no, I think it enhances it. We want to talk about representation. We want to talk about diversity. I mean, here you have two African-Americans uh, who have a completely different view on, on, on politics, on policy, and how you know government plays a role in people's lives. But I think either way, that's a win for African-Americans because it shows uh, that it doesn't matter what we look at, look like. It matters what we say, right, and how we can promote a, a policy or a government that truly helps all. Yeah, Isaac. I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, and it, for the simple fact that it gives uh, black uh, folk uh, in communities uh, the option to actually choose a candidate, not based on solely race, but based on the issues. Um, so you got two candidates and their issues are very, very different. So one is about democracy and one is about uplifting your community and your, and your life and your children's life. And one is about the business of who has the most money. One is about the business of stripping you of certain rights, like gay marriage, like uh, abortion laws. So when you talk about having two black candidates, the contrast is different and we can go to the issues instead of just base, uh, basing it just off of race. Sounds like you disagree, Michael. 
uh, I, I was right there with you, Isaac, on on uh, seeing, you know, uh, two folks going, of course, for that office. Now, I think you're exactly right. We can disagree on the issues. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to say, you know, Herschel Walker, if he's ever criticized, it's not because he's wealthy or because he's famous. He's criticized because he's a conservative and he's an outspoken one. And, you know, uh, and if you disagree, of course, about, you know, what a conservative means and, and how that might threaten, let's say, a Democrat or progressive policies, that's one discussion. But I will at least agree with you that at least having the choice at the ballot box is very important to see. Whitley. I would agree that having the choice is important, but as Isaac stated, it is about the issues. And the truth is that Warnock has been in his position. He's an incumbent. He's been there for at least two years, and the voters clearly are not happy. So why didn't he make the connections and provide for Georgians in a way that 51% of them would show up for him? That's a question you have to ask yourself. Oh, that's an excellent question, Dr. Walker. What's up with that? He's been in office. Yeah, I must also note that we have a runoff because of an archaic racist, <laughs> racist uh, uh, you know, history in terms of Georgia. But highlight, yeah, it's a runoff. But the bottom line is, Warnock still had more, more votes a few just a few weeks ago. So let's be clear about that. I think the second thing, important point is, um, Tammy, representation is not enough. We and we talk about comparing Warnock and, and Walker in terms of the positionality. We already know that Warnock supports like Medicare costs, uh, decreased Medicare costs, a woman's right to choose, important issues that Georgians are highlighting by going out and voting for him. And I certainly believe he's going to win today by that two to four percent I highlighted earlier. That they're going to tell you why they believe that Warnock should be sent back to the U.S. Senate. So Isaac, why is early voter turnout lower this year than in previous elections? Uh, I, I think for the simple simple fact and being honest is because I think some Democrats are lax because we have the majority uh, already and they just think that this that, that this war not uh, election just probably isn't important to them. Some Democrats are thinking that way. Um, the other thing is that, like like uh, my colleague said earlier, uh, Republicans just don't come out. And I think they won't come out even more now because Democrats have the majority. So Herschel Walker's win, in a nutshell, isn't really that important to the Republican Party. Uh, you have in certain counties, even in the general election, where people voted for Kemp but did not vote for Herschel Walker. Those are the people that Republicans have to try to get back out. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm interested in uh, why you would figure that, because Republicans did vote for Kemp, and Kemp won. So why is it that they, you seem to think they're lackluster when it comes to the sen the senator of Georgia. Uh, if, if that were the case, you know, when they did their exit polls, a lot of people went in the ballot, went in, went in on the ballot, they voted for Kemp, and they did not vote for Herschel Walker. That is a, that is a known fact. Um, and I, again, I just think that with a 50-50 uh, Senate, Kamala Harris breaking the tie, I just don't think Republicans are even are enthused by that because it doesn't get them an uphand, uphand battle either way it goes. Whitley. Listen, Isaac is tiptoe tap dancing around the truth. And the truth is that black voter turnout in the last election was abysmal. It was the lowest it's been since like 2008. And the reason for that is because black people are tired of being placated to. They're tired of the performative politic politics. They're tired of the politicians promising things and not producing anything. And we all know that most black people don't vote for Republicans. So it's not us that they're upset with, but it is their own party that has produced absolutely nothing but progressive policies that have decimated our community for centuries. So the truth is, Democrats aren't showing up because they're not excited about Warnock. He's flip-flopped on abortion. He was a he was a pro-life pastor that became a politician, and now he's a pro-choice politician. They don't know what to expect, and clearly he hasn't been doing the work. Dr. I, I think that's exactly oh, right. Go ahead, I mean, Michael. Yeah, look at the exit polls. I think CNN put them up from Tuesday night. It's clear. Black, Hispanic, Asian, white Americans, they're saying, you know, enough to progressive policies. And if you compare it back to the 2018 midterms, Hispanic and Asian supports for conservatives have jumped from 10 to 17 points. Uh, for black voters, it's up 4%. And while that's not gangbusters, it does show that there's we're in like an electoral version of the tortoise and the hare. And if progressives don't realize that their apparent policies are failing, they will lose more Americans. If that, but if that were the case, then in in the midterm elections, we would have lost more seats. We wouldn't be in control of that of, of the uh, Senate, and we would have lost more House seats. So obviously, people are going to the polls, and Democrats are excited about the candidates because they had a clear choice, and they decided yeah. to go the way the Democrats, the Democratic way. They decided to come out in those races and go. So in in other midterms, people have lost both houses.
We did it. We kept control of the Senate, and by a slim margin, Republicans won. That is a big win for Democrats across the country when we talk about midterms. But remember, yeah, politics a... is decided on the margins, right? Yes, African-Americans still, by and large, vote Democrat. But it doesn't change the fact that the trend is 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 moving away from them more towards the Republican Party. And as I said before, it's not just African-Americans. It's almost all Americans, which speaks to something fundamental happening for every voter at the ballot box. They see what's happening in, in at, at the store. They're seeing what's happening at the gas station. They're seeing how hard it is to, to make ends meet. And more and more people are saying, you know what? I'm going to choose a different way. Tammy, let me jump in here for a second. Let me highlight a couple of things that are important. My colleague referenced the inflation before. And I want to note that the Inflation Reduction Act was signed by President Biden and not supported by Republicans in the House of Senate. So his points are inconsistent with reality. Secondly, let me also highlight something uh, my other colleague mentioned about um, in terms of Black people voting Democratic. Up until about 60 years ago, Black folks, prior to that point, voted Republican. It is absolutely about policy issues, and that's why the historical context is important. The last thing I want to point I want to make is, if we keep talking about these statistics and numbers. If you look at young people, when I'm highlighting 18 to 29, uh, 18, individuals 18 to 29, who are more racially, ethnically diverse, that group is, was responsible for pushing the Democrats forward as it relates to making sure there was a balance, well, closing in the, the margins. We talked about the margins in the House, and certainly helping people like we're not win the Senate. But once again, those that group, that 18 to 29, is racially, ethnically diverse. The Republican Party lost that demographic throughout the country. So when we talk about nation's future and a racially, ethnically diverse group, that's the group the Republicans lost, and that's the reason why they're not going to win the Senate race today. Dr. Larry, one thing I'll just mention is that the Inflation Reduction Act did not did no such thing. It was an Inflation Expansion Act. Just because you call it what you want to see doesn't mean it actually happens. And the fact that inflation is still relatively high in this country means that many American families still aren't seeing the benefits despite all the spin and talking points that we're seeing from the White House. And, and let's yeah, but inflation I, inflation is inflation. Hold it. The term inflation people use that as a general term. But I'll no, I'm using it as an economic term. Because and I know you're an economist. In, in, so inflation is the rise in the price levels. And well, hold on. Economists know that uh, we got to keep the money rolling. So I'm going to go to a commercial break and we'll be right back on the business of being black. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And everyone's business right about this time of the season is shopping. So if you haven't finished your holiday shopping yet, don't panic. We've got a secret source for incredible original gifts. And that's Uncommon Goods. UncommonGoods.com has the absolute best gifts for everyone in your life. We're talking moms, dads, teens, in-laws, besties, your one and onlys, and it's not stuff you can find just anywhere. Uncommon Goods has unique and creative gifts, often handmade by independent artists and makers. So skip the gifts that scream last minute and find something truly original at UncommonGoods.com. Uncommon Goods looks for high quality, unique products that you can't get anywhere. Uncommon Goods has something for everyone from art and jewelry to cozy comforts to home goods. Trust it's a one-stop shop, people. One gift that's a must-have for my family is the My Family Cookbook. Yes! No more calling Aunt Rose every Christmas asking for her and shrimp and okra gumbo or Aunt Bernadine for her southern peach cobbler recipe. Nope, nope, nope. Now is the time to round up all those delicious recipes for the family to cherish. Let this be the new staple in the family kitchen. And note that with each purchase, Uncommon Goods gives back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than two and a half million dollars to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash Tammy Mac. That's uncommongoods.com slash Tammy Mac for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. This Georgia runoff race is not ordinary at all. And I would say some of the speeches are uncommon. So let's get back to that 
after this on the business of being black with tammy mack on fox soul welcome back to business of being black with tammy mack i'm tammy mack and the business of being black today is the georgia runoff election and what it means to america please welcome the president of knowledge and decisions economic consulting michael austin democratic strategist isaac wilson the director of diversity for the indiana republican party whitley yates and assistant professor at the university of central florida dr larry walker so let's talk about the difference in the voters what is the difference between raphael warnock voters and herschel walker voters dr walker kick it off yeah sure um you know people who vote for you know senator warnock believe in lowering prescription drug costs. As I said earlier, a woman's right to choose. Um, also believe in supporting um, in bills that address inflation issues. Also someone who believes in the importance of um, transportation as it relates to infrastructure and providing billions of dollars for um, United States citizens throughout the, United, throughout the country, particularly for bridges and roads. Walker voters, I, have, I think you have to have talk to my Republican colleagues about that because I'm not really sure what, what they believe in, but I can say they don't believe in someone who's honest. Let's talk about honesty, right? Whitley, he says that, yeah, he doesn't believe that Republicans uh, believe in voting for someone who's honest. Yeah, well, we have a president who pushed the Inflation Reduction Act, which the Wharton School of Business said would literally not at all reduce inflation. We also have a president who said that he would support HBCUs while he's taking away funding from HBCUs as we speak, um, knowing that he created an equity and racial justice plan that literally said he was going to invest in HBCUs. The truth of the matter is that politicians seem to lie. And I don't think that that's a left or a right thing that is exclusive. They do lie. The truth is to call Herschel Walker a liar and to say that people that vote for him would be voting for a liar is nonsensical at best. The truth is people that support Herschel Walker care about their paychecks. They care about having money in their pockets. They care about being able to afford gas. They care about being able to provide for their families. They believe in pro-life and the sanctity of life. And they believe that the Republican Party fought for people like us sitting on this stage right now to be free. And so the people that vote for him are fiscal conservatives and people who believe that we need to get back to basics and not be trouting all of these other things that aren't going to affect our pocketbooks, like sending billions of dollars to Ukraine right now, when we have Americans right here that are hurting. So white voters, 69% uh, support Herschel Walker and 30% support Warnock. Black voters, 3% support Walker and 96% support Warnock. And under 35, 25% uh, support Walker and 74 Warnock. And over 65, 63% support Walker and 37% support Warnock. What do you think these numbers suggest, Michael? Well, what it suggests is that the, the, the younger you are or the less likely of, of income you have, the more likely, of course, that you're going to vote progressive. And I think if you go back to the policies in and of themselves, you know, what unfortunately it means is that if you're single versus not married, you know, the government is more likely to intrude into your life and try to be your next husband or your next wife. Or let's say you're a young student and you're trying to get an education. Once again, government is trying to insert itself into your life and maybe say we can cancel your student debt, regardless of whether that plan can actually happen or not. But it goes to show that as you grow and you and you go through certain life stages in your life, you should become less or less reliant on government because you have all these other communities or, or uh, life choices that you have made in order to get yourself ahead or at least get yourself to a comfortable lifestyle. But for those who don't have or haven't made those choices or let's say haven't had those opportunities as of yet, um, Democrats are most certainly taking that as an opportunity to get government in there so that they can hopefully buy votes and maintain their own power. Isaac, what do these numbers mean and what are the differences between, aside from the ones that I mentioned in terms of the percentages of uh, ethnicity that are voting and uh, age that are voting for uh, Warnock versus uh, Herschel Walker, what, what do these numbers suggest and what are the differences in the voters? Uh, I think the difference is when you talk about young white voters, I think young white voters are telling America we're not our grandfathers and we're not our parents. We want to see everybody thrive. 
I think that's what the, I think that's what the crux of young white folk uh, uh, voting, and they want to see equality for everybody. They want to be able to have an opportunity if they are uh, LGBTQ. Uh, they want to have the opportunity to marry who they want to marry. They want an opportunity to have social security when they are uh, working for forty years. Uh, when we talk about black voters, black voters want to continue to see civil rights act out as their grandfathers and their forefathers and grandmothers have fought for. They want to continue to see that momentum put forward. So when those two people collide together, they want to see a better future uh, than what we left it. Uh, fighting, fighting each other over every issue, making everything racial. They're saying, hey, we're people, we're human rights people, and we want to see everybody thrive in the way that you do. Whatever you work for, you should be able to be, uh, to, be able to, uh, to attain it, and we're not going to stop in your way. And I think that's what we're moving towards, a system that works for everyone and not just for the few at the top and not for government to come in and say, we're going to make this choice for you, because that's what Republicans are doing. Every step of the way, hey, we'll make this choice for you. Hey, but when it's in their benefit, oh, we're going to leave that to states. So it, 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 it goes back and forth with Republicans. If it's in their favor, oh, we're going to leave that to the states. Federal government should make that choice. But if it's something they strongly believe in, oh, we'll make that decision at the top. So it, it's just crazy uh, that these members are the way they are, but it does show um, that we're moving in the right direction. Whitley? Do you not believe in states' rights, Isaac? Do you not believe that the people most elected to represent you should be the ones living in your state that you have direct access to? I believe, I believe in states' rights all the time, not just when it benefits you. Right. I believe in them all the time. Do you believe in them all the time? Because, the time. because what you just said was that we shouldn't federalize things and that you should have states' rights. You guys can't have it both ways. You cannot run on protecting women and having women's rights and then in the same breath say that you don't know what a woman is. Your party is a party of chaos and confusion. You guys cannot define anything. It's about choice. Absolutely. It's about choice. Change who it's you are, choice. what you believe and what principles that you stand on consistently. You do it consistently. We still have not gotten into Jim Crow Joe Biden and what he has done systemically for years to black people in this country. But because he was running against Donald Trump, I guess he's our Joe. No, he's not our Joe. He's not our Joe. His policies have been negative for our community, and he is consistently pandering to us, promising us stuff, and then taking it away over and over again. Dr. Walker, he did promise us that that student, uh, you know, exclude that that student loan forgiveness, and then took it right away. Well, no, it's it, you know, it, it, so it was a, a federal federal judge just came in and, and is an injunction, and then the Supreme Court will review it in February of next oh, year. Voters. So. So that, that's now that's that's how our and certainly how our bodies of government work between the uh, judiciary and the difference in the executive and also um, we have a very branch. conservative Supreme Court and that Supreme right. Court is more than likely going to move uh, uh, for let that stand with the, with those student loans being forgiven they won't be forgiven at right. all but that's not, that's not the fault that. that's Right, but that's not the fault. Let's let's be clear. That's not the fault of the executive branch, and that's why we have three branches of government, which is really important. Let me highlight a couple. Let me go back to a couple comments um, my colleagues made about, specifically calling President Biden, <laughs> Jim Crow Biden. So listen, the Republican Party is the party that wouldn't allow Ruby Bridges to integrate the school and be the first black child integrated school in Louisiana. Let's be clear about that. The Republican Party also was the same party that wanted the three fifths compromise decade years ago, during, right after Reconstruction. Also, the Republican Party is the same party that has passed voter restriction laws after the 2013 Supreme Court decision to make it harder for black people in this country to vote. And let me lastly add that, with all due respect, there are plenty of black people in our community who are conservative, physical and social conservatives. But the difference is, as we said earlier, is policy. So when you say that black folks won't vote for conservatives, that is not true because I have plenty of conservatives in my family. But what they do believe is they believe in fairness. They believe black folks should have the opportunity to be economic, politically, and socially empowered. And they do not believe in a party that consistently supports someone like Donald Trump, who's an insurrectionist. So here's what I'll say. So, so to all those particular points about what happened in the past between Republicans and whatnot, I just have one question. What hard evidence do you have? You know, well, lot, lots of times we'll hear all this premise put out, Republicans are racist, or Republicans are this, Republicans are that. What hard evidence do you have? Because remember, we're here. 
We're having this conversation because there were religious conservatives down in 1800 that decided to come to the South and promote abolition and, of course, fight for the Union, of course, so that slaves can be free. So I think it's really important that we understand what evidence are you bringing to the table as opposed to just making sure. particular Sammy, claims. Can I, can I respond? The second thing Sammy, I would then mention is that what's really important is not all these political vessels that people want to see. It's not necessarily about, you know, love is love or empower is power or, or this and that. You know what people really want? And it, and it was shown in the past. People want to live a better life. You don't need to use all these special leftist woke terms such as empower people or, 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 or love is love or things like that. You just have to make sure that people can live a better life. And guess what? If, 50 if years better, ago, if, it if happened. A, you know how if, it happened? If a better, if people a better were life. able to get a high school education. People were able to get married before they had children, and then they had a full-time job. And to this day, if you do those three things, the chances that you will be in poverty will fall to 1%. If, 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 if going through the streets of American city with tiki torches and it, and doing an insurrection on the state capitol if your is your form of a better life then baby we are far far behind because it wasn't democrats that what did that. evidence Those do you have followers of donald trump and republicans that did that not democrats we don't want to live I, in a society I, I hear in the political world spin, like that but I okay so follow me right now to a commercial want. break we'll be back welcome back to business of being black with tammy mack i am tammy mack and the business of being black today is the georgia senate runoff what does this mean for America. Does the Democratic Party have any concerns about what would happen if Herschel Walker wins Georgia's uh, state runoff? Dr. Walker. Tammy, I would, and I would use uh, some of his recent comments about werewolves and vampires as an example of why I would raise re multiple red flags about his ability to be uh, a U.S. senator and make decisions on critical issues, women's, uh, you know, Medicare, uh, health care issues, um, et cetera. So, yeah, so I, I, there are a number of concerns I have. Timmy, let me also add, when I make these points, I don't strictly make them as, some, as, as a pundit. I spent a number of years working on Capitol Hill, working, for member, working with Republicans and Democrats in the House and Senate. And I can, tell you for, I can tell you for sure that Herschel Walker is not qualified. He doesn't have the background. He doesn't have the ability to articulate policy issues. And as I said, we want to keep someone out of, out of the Senate who wants to discuss uh, werewolves and vampires. Well, when we talk, Dr. Walker, about qualifications, there are not many qualifications to run for public office in America. I mean, uh, the Democrats definitely got on Donald Trump for his lack of... Uh, of, of experience, and the Republicans jumped on President Obama about his lack of experience. So does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? It, it does, and I think you highlighted some really important examples, and I would highlight that President Obama was U.S. Senator Obama and State Senator Obama before he extended to the White House. And the other thing about in individuals you talk about um, are certainly Herschel Walker and Donald Trump is a great example. We faced the pandemic when it obviously a once-in-a-lifetime event his lack of experience showed who did he give, who did he decide should be overseeing COVID efforts? VP Pence, who was what? A former governor of Indiana. So experience does matter. Whitley, we're talking about your state now. Listen, Dr. Larry just went on a diatribe of what Republicans have done wrong for Black people, but forgot to mention all of the things that Democrats have done to Skiggy trials. Let's talk about the FBI and Hoover assassinating our leaders. This is not an oppression Olympics of who's done worse to Black people. The question you have to ask yourself right now is that if 90% of Black people are voting for your party, what have you done to progress that community? And what do they have to look forward to if Warnock is elected? And the truth is that Black people know exactly what they have to look forward to. It's absolutely nothing. It's a lot of the same. It's performative at best and placating at the least. And they don't have the leaders that are willing to step up, specifically like Vice President Harris, who is all but silent at this point and say, this is wrong. I went to an HBCU or this is wrong. You shouldn't promise student loan relief and then take it back when you knew that you could have went through the right way and created policy that impacted us instead of presidential proclamations. The Democratic Party is performative at best. They do not have leaders that are transformative and they are going to be symbols of change without any substance. Oh, so really quickly here, my colleague mentioned a Tuskegee experiment that occurred from 1932 to 1972 across Republican and Democratic uh, uh, presidential uh, presidents. So that was an American issue. It's not a, that wasn't a Republican or Democratic issue. The other point is my colleague mentioned, hold on a second, you mentioned HBCUs. And I think it's really important to understand, it's really important to understand 
that in terms of HBCUs, Donald Trump did increase funding for HBCUs. You have to have a fundamental understanding of how the House and Senate work. The president proposes a bill, the House and Senate appropriate that money, and then the president signs it. The president, the last two uh, um, um, budgets that President Trump, Trump proposed, he cut funding for HBCUs. And as an HBCU alumni policy analyst, I can provide you with the evidence. I don't need a history lesson. What has the Democratic Party over that overwhelmingly gets the black vote provided for black people in the last, let's say, 20 years besides symbols of change without any substance? What have they done for us? What tangibles? Well, well, the, ta the, so tangible, right now, the, tangible, the tangible thing that they did, the tangible thing that they did was provide health care to millions of people that needed health care in which Republicans voted against it at every turn that Barack Obama tried to do it. Prescription drug costs. My grandmother can now go to the store for her drug costs. When we talk about education, oh, even goodness. local, locally, Republicans don't support it. In a state like South Carolina, we was gonna elect Helen Weaver, who had no experience, not even in the classroom, who wanted to take away public you education funding. These who had These a stroke and could not articulate his way out of a paper bag. You guys elected Fetterman, who had just had a stroke. You know he's incapable. He debated piss poorly, and you stood by him and told us he was good. And in the same sentence, you're telling he's me that black because he's voting for the people, voting for the rights of people. He's voting for the rights of people and what people want. Republicans aren't going to vote for prescription drugs. They're not going to vote to increase Medicaid. They're not going to vote to get money to state for education. They want to take away and privatize. Did Donald Trump that take away people. Obamacare? Did Donald Trump take away Obamacare? He didn't. He That's tried. He, he tried. One thing, one thing I want to see if I can uh, he tried. chime in here, Tammy. The fact that he tried is enough. Listen, listen. Go ahead, Michael. Go ahead, Michael. You know, one thing I'm noticing from this discussion, you know, uh, Dr. Larry talked about certain issues being an American problem. You know, Whitley's most certainly talking about Democrat foibles. Isaac's talking about Republican foibles. But take a step back here. I think what the real problem is, is our government is too darn big. You know, we're here squabbling over who should take control uh, of government so that they can force prices to be lower in this way or that they can provide some policy that can force uh, uh, your tax dollars to go another way. But to be honest, the fact that government is as large as it is, is the problem. As an example, for the past 150 years, right, every time there was an economic crisis or any sort of crisis, you know what the federal government did? Absolutely nothing. And yet, we know no, let's say, economic recession as big as the Great, Great Depression or as the Great Recession, or let's say any type of calamity as big as what we're experiencing today. And it's not a coincidence. It's not Republican. It's not Democrat. We have too many people supporting big government and big government policies for their own political flavor. So, and Michael, what, what is I'm your suggestion? Is that we what pull what that is your back. suggestion here, Michael? What's your suggestion? That instead of figuring out which candidate has experience or which can really talk good, we find the candidate that promotes the policies of pulling back government so that the church, so that the neighborhood, the community, the family can grow and take its place and really help people to prosper. I don't know what so, that uh, means, Michael. Tammy, Tim. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Michael. Uh, you said you don't know what that means? No. Well, as an example, uh, for example, uh, let's say uh, charities as an example. Uh, okay. You want charities to come up to help, let's say, those who are unhoused or provide food to individuals who are lower income. You have to get government out of the way so that you, of course, can encourage more people who have more money in their pocketbooks because they aren't taxed as much so that they can give to those charities. Instead of trying to rob Peter to pay Paul, find ways that you can raise the tide for everybody so that everyone has more money in their pocket and that and they can, of course, help their fellow neighbor out. You can't do that when government has, you know, effectively the rule of law to your head saying that you have to do X, Y, or Z under penalty of going to jail. Tammy, let me, let me just jump in here for a second. My colleague keeps talking about this is an actually old Republican trope about smaller government for decades. So that he's, does he suggest during the pandemic the government should pull back? I would absolutely hope not. Let me also give an example. The government didn't about, create the vaccine. Let me, hold on a second. You mentioned private the, companies, you mentioned, private you mentioned sector the economy. created vaccines. Hold on a second. Right? You so mentioned without the government, you, you would have still had funded, a vaccine funded, whether you like it or not. they were funded by the federal government. Merck and these who other funded? companies were giving money from the federal government. What are you and talking about? And who funded about? the government? Let me ask another point. Let me make another point. I funded the more. government. You funded the government. Let me make another point. Also, let me, uh, we said we're talking about inflation and we're talking about some other economic issues, my colleagues, as an economic background. 
I will remind him that the Great Recession happened, uh, it happened during the Bush Jr. administration, and it was President Obama and the federal government who had to bail out banks and other financial institutions. So the Great Recession happened during a Republican administration. So let's be clear here. When we talk about policies that can cause harm to you, the everyday person who wants to go to the supermarket or for gasoline policies, that is a that is a that is firmly rooted not in Republican or Democrat that have failed. And that's why they're losing its um, voters of 18 to 29, because your policy is not go back to the Great Depression. The go back to the Great Depression. You know who made the Great Depression worse? Herbert Hoover. You know who made it worse after Herbert Hoover? FDR. It's not a Republican or a Democrat thing. It's a big government problem. Go ahead, Whitley. Yeah, we're losing voters 18 to 29 or allegedly losing voters 18 to 29 because they're stuck in liberal universities. I know I came out of one that tell you how to think, that tell you who you should vote for, and that if you think differently, then you are ostracized. I come from a school and went to a university where if you even stated that you wanted to be Republican or interested in a Republican internship, that the teacher would pull you aside and said, that's not a good idea for you. That's where that's why we're losing 18 to 29 year olds, because liberal institutions are indoctrinating our young adults that are going into the school. But what about the ones that are not going to liberal institutions that are still choosing to vote Democratic? Oh, yeah. Those are the ones in the poor black neighborhoods that you guys peddle and promise hope to and placate and don't produce. So, any what, you're, so, what, so what you're so what you're telling me is that people 18 to 29 who just want to vote Democrat. There's something wrong with them. Basically, that's what no, you're saying. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that a lot of them are in school and they're going to liberal institutions. And what I'm saying about the other people that you're saying are not in school are probably in poverty or trying to make a living. They're probably so working. Again, something's wrong. <laughs> you know, we're trying, trying to, to make a living. But you have, you have rich. You still you have, have not rich. been able to answer besides Obamacare, which was not revealed by Republicans. I stated, plenty, I stated plenty of things. There have been no called the Affordable things. Care Act. The Affordable Care Act. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Isaac, you said you stated plenty of things. Go ahead. I stated prescription drugs. That's 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 something that they they, they bought down. Uh, we stated about giving Still money for, educa for, giving that money like for education so that people in public schools could get access to the same things that they're getting in other in other communities. Uh, you know, if you want people to have access to education, you should be promoting school choice, choice. not more taxpayer dollars to the government schools. If you really well, you want to improve choice well, and access, open it up so that we don't have old segregationist policies of you live here, which means you go to this school, allow anyone to go to any school that they want. Oh, that to thought, Michael, Dr. Dr. Walker, jump in. You know what? It's, hap it's happening yeah, so, in South Carolina, uh, school choice, but the money is still going to white schools because black people in their communities aren't getting the money from the federal government. Who funds schools? The school can't operate on its own. So, Tammy, Tammy really quickly here, regarding this issue, this issue of school choice, I'm quite sure my colleague is aware is that school choice schools, including charter schools, some of those segregated schools we have in the in pre-K through 12 system. So that's the first point. The second point is in terms of, of some of the issues we highlight overall and, have, and specifically talk about Republican and Democratic policies, I want to be clear. The overall most challenging issue is systemic racism in this country. That's that's the most important right. issue we have to deal with. So, what and also, we, what does systemic racism mean? Yes, can you point to a law and to tell me what systemic racism is? Where what a law ha is systemically racist? I would love to hear it. Yeah, sure. I'll give you an example. Uh, how about the policies in Georgia to make it more difficult for minoritized people to vote? Secondly, I will add because I want to go back to a prior point since you made you you brought that up. What law is, is that? A highlight. Sorry, what law well, is let that? me let me let me let me, let me finish, please. That highlight that people in non-white counties in the state of Georgia spend far more time waiting to vote than people in, in white counties do. That's because that? that's because Governor Kemp, along with the Secretary of State and the State House and Senate Legislator, passed bills to close polling places in non-white communities. So I'm you want an example of systemic racism? I'm going to have to close this conversation, Dr. Walker, only because I want you guys to talk about what means uh, the most to you here. And I know that Michael, uh, you know, wants to talk about the Knowledge and Decisions Economic Consulting Firm. Please, Michael, tell us about that. Sure thing. Uh, knowledge and Decisions Economic Consulting, a firm that I started up, of course, uh, tries to find ways that we can treat more Americans with what they deserve, which is respect, um, and particularly, of course, helping out the African-American community, but honestly, all Americans. We all want to progress. And I think one way that that can most certainly be done is treating them with respect. Now, uh, of course, we work with different companies, of course, to help uh, number crunch or do particular economic analysis, but our goal is always to put you in the driver's seat of your own 
own life and your own prosperity and not the government. All right, Isaac, what is the mission behind the Isaac Wilson Project? Uh, the Isaac Wilson Project is a youth development uh, coalition that deals with bullying and suicide prevention and developing our children uh, to think for themselves in a social and economic manner. All right. And your boots on the ground in Georgia right now uh, have an election. So uh, be safe, stay safe out there and good luck with your candidate. All right. All right thank you. We're going to be victorious tonight. Whitley, tell us about the Indiana Republican Party. So the Indiana Republican Party is in its third year of the Indiana Republican Diversity Leadership Series, which gets diverse conservative voices from all around this state. Uh, we learned about policy and how to be impactful and stay community centered. Um, we are proud that our program is nationally lauded and has been recognized and will begin taking place in other states to come. Excellent. Love that, Whitley. Uh, and Dr. Walker, please talk to us about uh, the projects that you're working on right now. Yes. So first, um, um, Timmy, when I highlight that anyone watching Catch Me Weekly on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Secondly, since we mentioned HBCUs, I have a book coming out about HBCUs sometime next year to talk about how they impacted the grow, help the grow, grow the black middle class. I love it. I, I, you know, as a graduate of an HBCU myself, so... <laughs> Listen, uh, we don't know how this election is going to turn out, but we know somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. How can we work together no matter who wins this Senate race? In two words, in two words, how can we work together no matter who wins this Senate race? Dr. Walker, I'm going to leave it with you uh, to, to start. Two words. Combat racism. Mm. Michael? Greeting people with dignity. Sorry, that's three. <laughs> Isaac, in two words, how can we work together no matter who wins this Senate runoff? Diversity and inclusion. Diversity and inclusion. And my girl Whitley is taking us home with two words. How can we work together, sis? Accountability and tangibles. I love it. Thank you. That is The Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Souls. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to. Because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from. Some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy. So we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. The JCPenney Mystery Sale is back for the holidays. Through Thursday, usher in huge holiday savings with our in-store coupon giveaway. You can get an extra 30, 40, or even 50% off while they last. Simply find an associate for a coupon, then peel to reveal your deal. Hurry in now to discover the savings you've been wishing for. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Coupon valid on select styles through 1215. Exclusion supply. Giveaway in-store only. Must be 18 years or older. See store for details.